you know, clawing back, learning from that mistake, going, do not release a book just because you're impatient. That means that I have to then take the editing process and crunch it up as, as tiny as humanly possible. And the only way to do that is to have the editing process occur at the same time I'm writing. Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we discuss meaningful ways to get better results with your author business. You know, efficiency experts tell us to focus on the 20% of what we're doing that generates 80% of the results for our businesses. For author Michael Anderley, and probably for most of you listening to this podcast, that means keeping your focus on the writing. But as Michael told us in an earlier visit to the show, When he published his first few books late last year without the aid of an editor, the results left his readers less than completely satisfied, let's say, with his books. They loved his stories, but the lack of editing was an issue for Michael. Actually, the editing process, at least the way it works for most of us, left Michael with a big problem. To reach the ambitious production goals he'd set for himself, he needed to average 37 days between releases of his Cartharian Gambit science fiction series. That's 37 days for everything. Writing, editing, cover design, marketing plan, and publication. Now, Michael, with his background in information technology, knew there had to be a better way. And that's where today's other guest, Stephen Russell, comes in. Stephen is a voracious reader of science fiction, and after finishing Michael's fourth book, he realized that he could help Michael out by joining his beta reading team, and that's where the story gets sort of interesting, because Stephen now serves as Michael's production editor. I had air quotes around the word production editor if you didn't see them, and he manages an editing process that includes multiple editing passes and several beta readers using free and low-cost technology to allow Michael to continue to please his growing legion of readers by publishing new books on a rapid and regular schedule. All right, one last thing before we get to this week's interview. I'm running a short 10-question survey that will help me better understand how the show can help you over the next several months. This is the last week for the survey, so if you haven't taken it yet, please do it. I'd, I'd really appreciate it. You'll find the survey at theauthorbiz.com slash 2016 survey. I'll have a link to the survey as well as everything else we mentioned in the show in the show notes, which can be found at theauthorbiz.com. All right, let's get to this week's interview. Michael Anderley and Stephen Russell, welcome to The Author Biz. Hello. Hello. Uh, regular listeners, probably, I hope you heard Michael Anderley's interview uh, that we did back in January. Uh, if not, we'll get into some of those details during this call, but uh, most of you won't be familiar with Stephen Russell. So, Stephen, could you give us uh, a quick background on you and how you got involved in this unusual project? Um, sure. I, I live in Wisconsin, and i a big customer of Amazon, and on their uh, because you've read such and such, you might like <laughs> this one, Came Bite This. And it was like, okay, that looks interesting. That's book four. So I went back to book one and read them all. And at the end of book four, it says, um, I'm looking for some beta readers. If you're interested, send me an email. So I did. 
And uh, so I got on the beta list for book five. I've never edited anything in my life. I wasn't really expecting to end up editing uh, for Michael. I was just expecting to be, you know, sort of like a proofreader, trying to find some spelling errors and things like that. And uh, Michael sent me book five. And I sent him back a a message. I said, did you send me the pre-edited version by mistake? And he says, no. <laughs> did I suck that much? I said, no, but I don't really, not really impressed with your editor because this is a mess. And he says, what are you talking about? So I sent him some examples. He says, you want to keep working on that? Let me have some more. <laughs> so that's what dragged, drug me into this whole process. And that's where it all started. And you mentioned that you, you read books one through four. How long did that take you? Probably two days. Okay, so you are a a volume reader. <laughs> yeah. My Kindle account's got like 2,500 books on it. All right. We love you. So <laughs> Amazon my, does anyway. Yes, and, and a lot of authors do as well. And when Michael and I first talked, uh, we went through the process of, of how he was just writing books and publishing them without any editing help until this mysterious person contacted him. So this is the tie-in for people that listened to that, uh, that first interview. And then you actually went back and helped with some of the earlier books as well, right, to sort of bring them up to speed? I did Death Becomes Her, and he had some other people already. He had some people already set up to, to work on the other books. So I went back and edited Zero One for him, um, which was Death Becomes Her, and then we worked on uh, Under My Heel after that. Okay. All right. Now, for, for listeners, uh, as a little bit of background, Mike and I talked back in early January. Does that sound right? Yeah, January. Okay, and then the, the podcast mid, was mid. Re- released in January, and then you contacted me again with, uh, to see if I had a recommendation for some software that people could use, beta readers could use, uh, so that a lot of beta readers could be commenting on a manuscript at one time, and we talked around different ideas. And then a few days later, we talked via Skype, and you said, hey, I'm getting ready to start this process where I'm going to write a book. I think at at that time, the goal might have been to write it in 21 days. And would you be interested in watching the process and playing along? And I'm like, yeah, I I would love to do that. So you added me to a Facebook group. I started getting email messages from Stephen, and I watched this entire process go. It actually wound up being a 25-day process from the point where you started writing the book to the point where the book was published. And during that time, you had several beta readers. You had Stephen reading and managing those people. I think you call him uh, a production editor. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, this process that you guys have, have put together. But before we get into that, I want to just quickly give people just a sense of, of what was happening from my perspective. And I was not involved in this. I was just watching from the outside. On February 12th, I got an invitation to comment on chapter one. On the 14th, I got the same invitation for chapters two and three. On the 16th, I got the invitation for chapters four and five. Uh, Things began to ratchet up a little bit after that. On the 27th, I got an invitation to comment on chapters 11 through 14. On the 29th, 15 through 17. On March 1st, uh, oh, I'm sorry, on March 4th, 21 to 22, and on March 5th, 23 and 25. 
All of those emails came from Stephen, who was coordinating all these comments, somehow or other, getting them back to Michael, and the book was magically published on March 7th. So how the heck did you guys do this? Michael, tell us. (laughs) Magic. Okay. It was all magic. (laughs) It seemed like magic, watching from the outside, but I know it wasn't. Yeah, I, you know what? I'd totally forgotten that I'd reached out to you to ask you about the software idea. <clears throat> and um, But anyway, yeah, so how it, it came about is when Stephen uh, helped me with five, we went into six, and we had even more beta readers. So because he and I were working well together, and Stephen is really concerned about an author's voice, which I think is important, he understood that there were times that I might have written something a specific way, but it might not be necessarily the correct technically to say it that way, but it's just how I write. So what I asked him to do is like, hey, would you kind of step up? And we have these other beta readers. So in book six, we used a Facebook, a hidden Facebook group for that book. And we, we kind of dropped P, what we ended up becoming PDFs and asked everyone, hey, here's the PDF. Would you comment in the comments below? And, and while that worked, it was uh, not very successful. How many beta so, readers did you have at, at, at that level at book six? Um, about five or six. Does that sound right, Stephen? Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay, so you're okay. you're coordinating the comments from five or six people, and th- that does sound complicated. It was really complicated in the sense that I'd have to go through all the comments that were generated in that Facebook group, and the people would comment in there on the errors they found in, in what work we were presenting them. And so then I'd have to look from that section, go back into my the document on the uh, word side of it, find the area they were talking about and, you know, make whatever corrections were necessary at that point in time. So, yeah, that was a little time-consuming, but that was why Michael was having me do that so that he would be free to continue writing. Okay, and the process worked. It just didn't work as well as you hoped that it might. It was very tedious, very tedious. And so what we looked at when, you know, we're between book six and seven, we were looking at accomplishing, you know, going through again, because I do have this about once a month, once every five week uh, release schedule that we have going on. And so when we started working out the details, we did finally realize that we could use Google Docs and allow multiple people to do edits similar to what Word does, and it would put the edits out to the side or at least mark them. So once he and I played with this for a little while, we said, okay, we have this idea, and we created maybe four or five folders so that we could try to track the document through, and then Stephen can speak to what we ended up with after a little while. But, yeah. (laughs) So we had originally the goal of trying to accomplish it in 21 days, but unfortunately he got really sick. I had a funeral in the middle of it, and it ended up with 25 days for release. Which is still astonishing. So <clears throat> let's, let's walk through it. Let's walk through the process. The, there was – you wrote the first chapter and sent it to Stephen. Is that, is that the way it worked? Yeah, go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, Michael would write um, a chapter or two or whatever it is, and then he would uh, send it to me. And we actually use um, a Dropbox setup for that. He'd just dump it in a Dropbox file. And then I'd go in and do the original edit and uh, – Try to get the uh, the biggest things cleared up, straightened away, and then send it back to Michael through Dropbox, and he'd get in there 
make his corrections and then send it back to me. And we had about five different files. No, I, actually, I think it was about four different files at first. And I'm kind of OCD in some things. And I was like trying to figure out, okay, has he done with that? Because we were just moving it back and forth between two or three files. It folders and trying folders to, in this case. Folders. So, sorry, yes, folders is the proper word. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, okay, is he done with it or not? And so when we started on book seven, we had kind of expanded that process a little bit. And then I added a couple more. And we actually have 10 different folders now um, as the whole process. And it's my first edit, Michael's first revision, my second edit, Michael's second revision. Then he moves it into a folder for me to check and get it into the Google Docs version for the other street team people or beta readers, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. to, to look at. And then when they're done, I move it to another folder so that Michael can see where we are in the process also, because all he has to do is open a folder and see whether or not there's anything in there and, and we know where we are everybody does you know both of us do let me steven let me let me jump in here um because you're going too fast for my for my uh, slow moving brain we have all these folders you you sent a google doc out to the street team or, or the beta readers they made their suggestions or offered their comments and those sort of lined up sequentially in the Google Doc, off to the side, the way it would if you were doing it by yourself, except instead of just one person, it was several people. So a couple questions on, on what you would get back from them. Did you find that most of the beta readers were finding the same things, or, or did different people find different things? Um, a lot of people found some of the same stuff. Originally, you'd get... Um you know, two people commenting on it, um, and then eventually I think they just kind of went, okay, somebody else has found it, so I don't have to worry about making a comment here. And then it would be a group where we had about four or five people that were really, really active, and, and they would each comment on individual things. And Some people would be thinking that, you know, a little bit of punctuation needed to be altered here, and other people were saying that, word choice should be changed here. And, and then, of course, we still had the occasional spelling error where um, Michael is bad about using Y-O-U-R as opposed to Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. And uh, every once in a while, I'd still miss one of them. So, you know, we'd get caught on that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. um, the, their comments were pretty well spread out as the process got going and everybody became more comfortable with it. And that was where it was the neat thing happened was that we had so many sets of eyes looking for things that, you know, sometimes we just miss because our brain looks at it and doesn't see it. Was, was there any point during the process of, of going through all of these individual chapters or occasionally groups of chapters where you made a decision to change the process or did you stick with it the whole way through? We stuck with it the whole way through because it, it seemed to be working. Um, <clears throat> now, the whole thing is, I would look at the, the uh, Google Docs version that the street team had commented on, and then I would move that back into the Word version that Michael was working on, and he always had the final say on it. You know, He'd see what I had corrected or what I'd changed from the street team, 
or what I'd done myself, and he has all the final say as to whether or not he likes what's being said or whether he wants to stick with his own wording. And so it ends up being his book, which is how mm-hmm. it should be at the end. And so I just pass on whatever I think is appropriate to him and let him make the final decision on it. Okay, and now let's switch over to Michael. Michael, what was the process like for you outside of the, of the idea of here's the new chapter and, and you're sending it to Stephen? What was it like for you when you got the comments back? A couple of times it was uh, a little aggravating whenever someone is changing my tone. Mm-hmm. And so I had to understand what was going on there. I would say about two out of every three times the word choice or the additional words I liked. And you do get to understand the personality of the people that are helping you and realize, you know, what is particular to them. So from that perspective, I liked it a lot. But I don't think I could do it without having Stephen or this production manager in the middle of it, because then I would be the one trying to pull all of this documentation together. And one of the things that we liked about Google Documents is, of course, it allows multiple people to edit the same document so that when the second beta reader goes through there or this, the second person that's helping, they if they see the mistake, they don't need to mark it again. Here's the same mistake. It's like, well, it's already been caught. Mm-hmm. So we were certainly trying to accomplish that. I When I drop it and then it goes through um, Stephen and I a couple of times and then it goes out to them, I really don't see it much until Stephen pulls it back into the Word document. And so this one file, if you will, this one Word document goes from what's folder one to two to three to four, and then it goes off into Google Docs. And then I see it sometime around like seven or eight, the folder itself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to look in there, and then I just open it back up in Word. I've never really – we have all of the Google Docs, but I generally don't get involved at that level. What happens is Stephen will – Take any items in there when someone and some of the beta readers can be very, um, they can be very descriptive in why they believe something needs to be changed, or they will make a certain point. And what Stephen will do is he'll copy this information from the Google Doc and place it into the Word Doc to let me know what they're saying. And Stephen, so he- did you ever have any back and forth? with uh, the commenters uh, regarding their comments, or did you just take it and then either say, no, that doesn't make any sense, or maybe Mike needs to look at this? What was the process like for you uh, in in dealing with those people? Um, I just took their comments and decided whether or not Michael would like the correction, in which case I would just go ahead and make the correction, or Mm -hmm. whether or not... I thought the the point was specific enough that that's where he was saying I would actually copy their comment out of Google Doc and then paste it into the Word document that we were working on. And so he could see exactly who was saying what about what section so that he'd have the uh, requisite information when he went back to look at it. I didn't get involved with um, commenting or trying to explain things to the people that were going through the Google Docs, simply because, um, you know, I'm not Michael. And Mm -hmm. so I don't want to say, well, Michael would like it this way. Um, You know, that's just, I didn't feel that was my place to do that. So I simply allowed them to comment, and I just kind of worked through everything to decide whether or not um, it was a good comment, a valid thing. And in most cases, it was like, all right, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I don't see where there's anything wrong with it. And I would go ahead and, and utilize their, their 
um, input, hoping that it would end up with a better book at the end for Michael. Okay, now this sounds to me and probably to, to people listening like a, an extremely complicated process. We've got all these folders, uh, but it seems like the complication is on both of your ends. And it, it's probably something that once you do it uh, a few times, it, it becomes second nature and simple. Is, is that true or, or is this as complicated as it sounds? No, here, let me go ahead and jump in, Stephen. I think one thing that we've we've kind of failed is when we originally started this on book seven, I think we had like six folders. And the purpose of the folder is really more from a situation where when I drop it into folder one, I'm basically starting the process. And what will happen is Stephen will get a notification from Dropbox that it's there, or he can just open up the master folder and see where everything is. So most of my books have 25 chapters. That's approximately 12 files, if you will. I can open up every single one of those folders because they're just labeled basically step one, two, three, four, five through 10. And I can see where everything is in the process. So from that perspective, it's very easy to understand what's going on. And then since we label them, Mike, Stephen, Mike, Stephen, I mm -hmm. can look in my folders to see, is there anything I need to do? No, good. I'm in and out of there in 30 seconds. If there is something in one of Mike's folders, then I would just double click and, and it'll tell me what, oh, I'm reviewing this. Okay, great. I open it up and two chapters is typically around five to 7,000 words for me. So you know, I'll go through it and it might take me 10 or 15 minutes to review everything that, that's going on. And since the uh, marks are annotated, I can see exactly what's been changed. Occasionally, I'll go back through and, and reject the change, and most of the time, they're good. So, so when you finish, uh, are, are you left with a single Google Doc, and, and then you just go in and accept the changes and then export it to Word, and, and you're off in terms of publication? No, in this case, Stephen, actually, when they finish, let's say, the two-chapter Google Doc, and he says, okay, great, I'm pulling it. Okay. He moved it to his folder, and then he actually reviews the Google Doc and moves it to the master Word document. Okay, all right. I can say I actually work with Scrivener, but mm -hmm. I export as a couple of chapters at a time in a Word document. And then do you – when the chapters come back, do you import them or copy and paste them into, into Scrivener? Yeah, once they come back, I check everything off in Word. Stephen will actually then start pulling together a master file. So let's say that one and two, three, four, five, and six have been pulled together. He has one Word document, one through six. This facilitates the beta readers, allowing them to go back and look at the previous part of the book if they'd like to. So if they're working on, in this case, chapter seven and eight, and they have a question, they only have one document to go look at, not three to go figure out where the story was. Now let me jump in for just a second, because you're saying a Word document, and that's actually a Google Docs document. Oh, it is? Okay, my mistake. Yeah, that was where, that was, that's how the, uh, the beta readers get to see it, is that I would compile all the separate chapters or sections into a complete Google's Doc version, and I would just keep adding the chapters as they were being corrected and finalized into that so that anybody, like Michael said, anybody who wanted to go back and see, you know, well, who was it that did what? They could just go and open that Google Docs version of it, and mm -hmm. everything that had been written previously would all be accumulating in there. All right, let's go back to March 
5th. And I'm, I'm not going to ask you to remember what happened on March 5th, but that was the day the email went out with chapters 23 to 25, the last three chapters of the book. Um, two days later, the book was published. So tell me what happened between March 5th, when those last two chapters went out, until the book was published. Was it you know, all the things we've been talking about, then importing into Scrivener and creating the Kindle version through Scrivener, or, or is there some other process? Yeah, so at that point, I'm already going through a lot of the previous chapters, and I'm moving them and correcting them and moving them into uh, Scrivener. So by the time, which is that day, I believe, is a Saturday. And so at that time, I've already got half the book back into Scrivener, mm -hmm. ready to go. So 23, 4, and 5 go out, and that's a Saturday, I believe, so people had it over the weekend. And, you know, we're going through, then that last few chapters and updates go out to Stephen. He fixes them. I look at them. We actually don't, or we didn't uh, have many people go and edit those, that. We didn't leave it out there for three or four days. Um, we do the final review. I pull it into Scrivener. I write my author notes and my review comments and uh, export it from Scrivener and drop it about 5 or 6 o'clock Monday night to, out to Amazon. Okay. I mean, this is, this is really, it's an amazing process. And why did you, how, how did this evolve? And, and why did you decide to keep evolving a process that was sort of working through the first several books? They were working pretty darn well based on the money you were making. <laughs> I was still receiving a fair amount of, you need to fix this kind of comments. <laughs> and so book four, David Down Under helped me with that one. And then Stephen made the mistake. I mean, he made the <laughs> offer to come in <laughs> on book five. And uh, at that time, actually, David was off doing um, a whirlwind tour uh, himself. So Stephen and I continued, and then we just kind of um, moved into this opportunity that he and I have created, and we kept trying to make it a little bit better, make it a little bit faster. Since I'm on this effectively this 30 to 37 days or 30, 28 to 35 day cycle of releasing books, we keep trying to iterate this situation. And with the method we've done now, we realize that we don't have to write the book in a vacuum for however many days and then release it and hope. You know, we have somebody who can edit it because you, people might remember the first one. I had no idea that editors put you on a schedule and it might be a month and a half before they could get to you. And I just don't like that. So that's part of the reason for continuing to iterate this process is I don't want to wait three or four months to get put on it. And we have a lot of great fans who are willing to go out there and help us. And so... With this book, we now had, I think, eight or nine people that were willing to join in. Some of them, like Stephen had said, some of them are very punctuation and very knowledgeable about the technical aspects of writing. Some of them are very good with reading and getting the flow of the story. And so this allows every type of beta reader to help bring their voice to it. But I do believe that Stephen's role as this production editor is kind of paramount to how this works and how it can work for an indie writer like myself. So wanting to put out as clean a book as I could without sacrificing time 
was the the reason for wanting to continue to iterate this. And so, yes, the original idea was 21 days. We hit 25 days, which I think is still pretty fantastic. And the book so far with reviews and everything else, I think we've seen people say at most two mistakes that have been found in the whole thing. So I'm really, wow. really pleased with that. And I've got some some readers who love the stories but are still very picky. <laughs> And the book released was it the sixth or the seventh, the actual release date. I'm not sure. This the seventh, the Monday, the seventh. Okay, and I I'm not sure what day it hit its sales high water mark, but the, the the high water mark for sales for this book was an overall paid Kindle ranking of 475, right? Correct. Uh, about 24 to 36 hours. About 24 hours later, it was at number 475. Okay. And I checked this morning, and I don't remember what it is, but I have it written down, so bear with me for a second. Uh, 1874 this morning. So it, it's still selling at, at a good rate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm very, um, I'm very blessed to have a lot of very avid fans. And so is – a lot of them are, are basically, when is it out now? So it comes out on Monday. I'm being asked by Tuesday night, when's the next one coming out? And I'm like, please, do you not realize <laughs> what we just accomplished? And it's like, nope, nope, don't care. When's the next one? You shouldn't have written books that we enjoyed reading. <laughs> All right. I, I want to get into what you did to market this book. But before we do, one last question on the process. Now that I know that you're both constantly iterating, uh, what – will you do differently next time? Stephen, you want to take that first while I try to think quickly? Well, I really don't think we're going to be doing a lot different. I think we've got to the point where we've evolved a system that works fairly well. I mean, how many people do you know are actually having their book edited while they're in the process of writing it? I mean, this is kind of out there a little bit from your standard write the book, wait for an editor to be able to look at it and then have the editor and the author go back three or four different times to get it all corrected and straightened out. Um, you know, most editors, I'm sorry, most authors are looking at months in between mm -hmm. books and, mm -hmm. and, you know, not days in between books. And, um, as long as we get the same sort of group or the same quality of group of people you know not everybody can do it all the time we understand that but as long as we can have a few people of you know with good reading skills and english skills that are willing to help out with the process i think we've got it pretty well refined and we'll just continue on the way it is um, me managing things allows michael to concentrate on his writing and that's part of what allows us to knock these out so quickly is because I'm taking as much of the load as I can that's not the actual creation part and dealing with the uh, that so that Michael has the time to, to sit down and write instead of going through everybody's comments and, and trying to figure everything out. I mean, the comments are all there for him to see, and I know he's checked them on occasion, but by the time he's writing and marketing, because, I mean, I don't get into that at all, so that's mm -hmm. on his end. So I figure he's got two big jobs to go already, so I've just been trying to handle everything else, and that's where I ended up with the uh, production editor's title. <laughs> All right. I, you guys were kind enough to add me to the private Facebook, Facebook group 
during this process. So I was able to see some of the comments uh, that happened while it was going on and at the end, sort of a recap. Michael asked for a recap. And one of the recurring themes was that it was better when we got multiple chapters. I'm guessing that most of these beta readers, Stephen, are like you, where they're volume readers. And it might be is it difficult for people to just read a chapter and then and then wait a couple days? I, I think it was annoying to them in the fact that, you know, they sit down to read something and half an hour later they're through it and it's like, okay, now we got to wait a couple days for the next thing. And it just was the way it first started. You know, I'd get one chapter or two chapters at a time and I'd post them immediately. I think that's one thing that is going to change now that you brought it to, you know, because Michael and I talked about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll wait until he's got probably f- at least two up to as many as four chapters on my side of the the folders um and then i will take and just put either two or four at a time out to the group to work on so that they have bigger chunks to to work with one of the comments was also it helps them from a backstory when they have at least two three or four chapters they get into the flow of the story and they don't have to kind of go back to what was said last time when we started out with one chapter i think we got about two or three chapters in and realized well one chapter is a bad idea so then we started doing two chapters and then at the end i kind of got i was able to get ahead of everybody and then so we were able to start doing bigger chunks so as we're going into this particular uh, book book eight, I am looking at trying to get further ahead before we start this whole process. Was there any particular learning curve for people to understand how to make their comments in Google Docs? Stephen, did you have to do any training or post anything in the Facebook group about how to do it, or did people just intuitively know? I think we had made a, a, a mention of how you could comment on it, and then most of the people are savvy enough that they pretty much figured out how it worked on their own. There wasn't much input that I needed to make. Um, I don't know whether Michael might have had some emails between him and, and the readers or not, because if it's not on the Facebook group, I don't see the comments like that. Of course, you know, it's a private email or, or possibly a, an IM to him. So you'd have to address um, him on that to whether or not he had anybody asking. But from my point, it was pretty pretty painless as far as they were able to do what they needed to do in Google Docs and and provide me with the information that I needed to help, you know, get the the book cleaned up and and improved as much as possible so that when Michael did his final walkthrough on it, it, you know, turned out to be a book that's got very few errors, and we're really proud of that. just lost me or someone. No, we're here. No, you're there. (laughs) No, I I, I heard everything, so it's it's good. We're, We're picking it up on this end. Um, One last question. How does someone who's out there listening and who's thinking to themselves, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to produce books as quickly as I possibly can. How do I find my Stephen Russell? So, Stephen, I'll ask you that question first. What, What skills do you possess to do this job that someone else who's going to do it well would need to possess? Um, probably none. (laughs) (laughs) Now, come on. Well, it, it, honestly, this is, um, I never edited anything 
previous to this at all. And uh, a lot of times I'm having a hard time remembering my high school English to make sure I've got the right punctuation or the right tense And when I'm editing what Michael's done. And in fact, I'm on my own um, process, I guess, of trying to find some way to improve my skills so I could possibly pick up a couple more authors and and make a little bit of extra money myself by doing this because I found it was a very enjoyable process. But I think part of what I guess you'd have to do is have people who have read as much as I have. I, you know, over my life, I've read thousands of science fiction and fantasy books. So I've kind of got a good background in what's a good book and what's not a good book based on simply what I've read myself. Um, and beyond that, it's just, you know, being able to sit there and carefully go through everything and have a good idea of, you know, what's going to work and what's not. So it's not really a special skill set. It's just, well, I, let me, I don't know. Let me disagree with you a little bit because there, I, I don't think there are a lot of people who would be able to do this, to, to do what you're doing, the combination of things that you're doing as a, a production editor. I mean, the editing is one thing. That's a very specific skill, but you're managing people throughout this process, and you're compiling all of this information, and you're essentially managing Michael as well. Just pretend he's not listening here. But, <laughs> you know, you're, you're getting him that, this information in a way that he can use it and be as productive as, as humanly possible while trying to achieve these goals that the two of you have set. I mean, that's, that goes well beyond just basic editing skills. True, but I think um, part of it is between book five and book seven, we've evolved a process between the two of us that's allowed us both to, you know, raise our games a little bit on the final product because it's something that had a learning curve to it. I mean, it, book five, um, Never Forsaken, was really pathetic as far as me because I didn't even know half of the uh, tools that word had in them for editing mm -hmm. I, I mean um i never used word for that before for me word was something to to write letters to people or to create a resume if i needed to go out job hunting or something and it was not something that i had ever used a lot of so i didn't know all the tools and um what we did for book five was extremely painful and the process is much smoother now and much easier so mm -hmm. um i don't know whether or not it's just my i'm a usually a fairly organized person. I think I did say OCD earlier. Mm -hmm. And and I think that might help the fact that it's just, you know, organizing things is something I kind of do fairly easily. So I'm just organizing Michael's, you know, files and trying to get his chapters back to him in, in a way that um, are clean enough and, and well enough that he's happy with it, not having to do a whole bunch of extra work himself. Um you know, it's really hard to say what's a particular skill that somebody needs. I think flexibility's got to be one. Mm, yeah, no doubt. Michael, from your perspective, um, if, if you were advising someone how to go out and find their own Stephen, what would you suggest that they do? I have found that, one, Stephen is, is patient, and he really has an attitude of trying to make sure that my voice is true to form. And he's willing to learn. Yes, he didn't have Word. We got, you know, he, he acquired Word. And 
I guess one of the things is we're all basically kind of blue collar people when it comes to this uh, publishing and indie publishing, meaning, you know, neither one of us are more than six months old in this. Mm -hmm. So we don't have years of experience, but what goes on is as a production manager, he is or a production editor. He is managing the process and we have beta readers who are really good. We have one gentleman who is from, uh, is in another country, but his mother was an English teacher. So he is dead on with a lot of his stuff. We have a couple of ladies who are also very detail oriented. So they pick up the, 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 you know, they, they pick up the load from that perspective. And, but one thing that Stephen's not mentioning is, you know, when I had originally set this up, I thought what would happen is I would write, he would help manage the process, but we would put the load of checking it and everything on the people, the beta readers who are in there and who really eat this up. And so he wouldn't do that. He would actually, he requires two passes between, so I drop it to him, he, he and I do a pass, and then we do one more pass before it goes to the beta readers because he doesn't like it going out, um, dare I say, as crappy as I originally wrote it. <laughs> In its raw format. <laughs> Thank you. That's a much more palatable way of saying it. <laughs> And that's that's part of the process, though, and that's one of the things where we need the two passes because it really comes down to the first copy that Michael sends me. Um, basically, he's done a basic spell checking on it, and he dumps it to me and leaves me to deal with it, with it and try to make – and that's where you know the first cor set of corrections I'm making is, okay, basic spelling if I find it. And then trying to make sure that the flow is as w good as I can understand it with the process going on and making the, you know, really some very basic level corrections and getting back to him. And then he sends it back to me after he's straightened that up. And that allows me to go through it um, finer because the uh, the things that are glaring are gone now. Mm -hmm. You know, you mean, the original you mean format I get. You, you, I see something and it's like, what? No, that's just that's horrible. <laughs> and I can make the corrections on that, send it back to Michael, and, and you know, I think he said the other day when we were talking, uh, probably about sixty percent of of what I correct, he agrees with me almost verbatim. Um, so you know, it's it's helped that I know his voice well enough that I can write a section for him to to rearrange something or try to straighten it up, and and he's like. That's not bad. And so he's happy with it, and it kind of speeds the process along. But I want to make sure that we're sending something to the beta group that's clean enough that when they go through it and make the corrections, we've got a really good product when we're done. Now, this whole thing – I was reading a blog post the other day, and I, I don't know if either of you guys read Ann Allen's blog. She's, she's an author, and she writes – prodigiously on her blog about writing. And she wrote a post the other day. I think the title was, When You Step in Dogma, Scrape It Off Your Feet. And the idea basically was that there are all these rules of, you know, this is the way to do things. This is the way to write your book. This is the way to have your book edited. This is the way to market your book. And these are the only ways. And uh, the point that she was making, and I think the point that we're all making in this conversation here today, is there are a lot of ways to do things. And 
you guys, especially at, at Michael. Michael steps so far outside the box, I think initially because he wasn't sure where the box was, but now he knows where the box is, <laughs> and he's still stepping outside the box and looking for different ways to do things to help fulfill his goals and the goals that you guys have set uh, for this process. Is that, does that sound like a true statement? Very much so. It really is because it. I, I mentioned like on my Facebook and everything else. I have the patience of a gnat. So if anyone is is going to tell me that I have to wait after I just put together this story and I want this story to go out and I'm ready to release it and I've done that and that was a mistake. <laughs> so you know, clawing back, learning from that mistake, going, do not release a book just because you're impatient. That means that I have to then take the editing process and crunch it up as as tiny as humanly possible. And the only way to do that is to have the editing process occur at the same time I'm writing. That's the only way to make it happen. So what we've, you know, what we've accomplished here is actually having the editing process happen while the writing is going on. So that when I finish it, when I'm what I consider words complete, and if I'm not mistaken, I think I was words complete approximately a week before we released at most. But we didn't have just one editor. We had a lot of people reviewing this simultaneously. And so we're iterating again a little bit in eight. I think the one piece that we probably will need to look at is I released my, my um, eh, outline, if you will, for the book. Because my books are approximately 25 chapters, about 70 to 75,000 words. But they have about 60 scenes in them. And these scenes go back and forth between what's going on. So I have to break them up on a spreadsheet to figure out how to piece this together. And so yesterday, Stephen and I spent an hour going through this to, to make sure he understood the big picture. And that was something that we've done now with this book. I don't remember doing in the last book. All right, let's get into what you did to market the book, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up. Um, the book, first off, how, how has it sold it, it, money-wise? Because the, the first time you and I talked, we talked a lot about money. We're talking about writing this time, but people are always interested in money. So how, many cop, or how much money have you made selling the book so far? Um, the gross for the book so far looks to be around $5,200 to date. Okay. So this is about two weeks since release. That is broken out into approximately 1,013 books sold and 453,000 pages read ish. So books read that equals about 938 books. So all right. Not Great. bad. No, not bad at all. And the first time the first time you and I talked the title for the show was essentially 3 months to $10,000 a month or something something along mm -hmm. those lines. And uh, right. you, when you and I were chatting via Skype yesterday, you told me what your total revenue was so far in 2016. Are you comfortable sharing that? Yeah, yeah. That, no, that's no problem. So right now, for January, February, and March, yesterday I passed 50K in income from gross sales. Uh, presuming that I continue the books, my, my cross my fingers goal is to actually attain 300K in 2016, if possible. So I know 50 is done. Mm -hmm. So 100 is, is most likely. So it'll be a six-figure year. And then I'm on track. Mm -hmm. and, and just for people who may not have listened to the first interview, you, you definitely should go back and listen to the first interview if you're enjoying this one and you didn't hear it. But you started writing in October of um, 2015? I, yeah, the, most of the bulk of the book was written in October. We re I released it like on the 2nd or 3rd of November was the first book. 
Okay, but that's like Correct. sitting down to write your first book in October, and we're not even six months later yet. And just so far this year in 2016, you, you just exceeded $50,000. So congratulations to you and to Stephen and to everyone involved in this. It's an astonishing process, and uh, you've, you've had really immense success. Now, I know that you do do some marketing uh, for each of the books. What did you do specifically for this release? Um, this release, it, each one pushes to the next. Like everyone, I think, who reads skateboards understands series matters. And so what I've learned is keeping the fans involved and keeping them up to date when it comes out has been probably the single biggest push for me. And I do try to do some other minor marketing, whether it's Facebook or um, anything of that nature. So, But by and large, it really has been get the next book out. Mm -hmm. And if I had to do anything to continue this, uh, actually the thing that we're trying, which is a little bit different, I've done Facebook ads and they have value, but maybe they don't move the needle as much until you have enough books in your series. I've done the uh, Amazon advertising. I did more of those recently since they put some other stuff on and they have some value. They don't necessarily move the needle a lot, but um, we are putting out a short story and the purpose of this short story is I only have to write 10 to 12,000 or 14,000 words, and we're going to start dropping those short stories in between the major books to both keep people involved and to start trying to rope in people from different locations. So, for instance, this particular short story is um, less focused on the whole science fiction and is a little bit more focused on, if you want to call it like a man's adventure, if you will. But it's one of the main characters helping out his, uh, his cousin who is in a bad marriage relationship. And so it's a little bit different than the typical genre. And so each of these short stories are going to go off, but they're going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to rope people in seeing the short story and go, oh, I want more of this. Oh, it's part of this huge arc. You know, I love these characters. And so my feeling is, and one of the things that we do in this, this hacking, this writers, my belief is if new books are the ways to promote it, there's no reason for me to have to write a 70,000-page book. I've got people that I'm helping mentor, and we're seeing success in short stories. So I'm delving into that, believing that it would be more beneficial for me to spend my time and what we've produced so far on the editing side to put out a short story in between my major books and allow that to help grow the audience even more. That sounds cool, and uh, it, it really does sound like a great way to broaden your, your sales funnel. Now, you and I have talked, and I, I know that you're a technologist, and you have written or had someone write anyway. You came up with the idea for this process for identifying the also bots for a, a given mm -hmm. author. Is that something you, you, you care to talk about right now? Well, absolutely. So one of the... If you go to K-Boards, you go anywhere. But one of the things I did as a reader was whenever I finish, and you can ask Stephen or any of the whale readers, if you finish one, you have a really hard time trying to find another series because we don't want to invest, or I did not want to invest in one book at a time. I'm like, are there three? Are there four? You know, I remember when I saw that Timothy Ellis had out four or five in his series, and I had never seen it before. I'm like, oh, this is candy, you know, and I read all five of them in a weekend. I loved it. It was fantastic. So 
one of the ways that I would do is I'd track to the author page, and then I'd go down and look at the 16 also bought authors, meaning that for this author, people who liked and read him, these are 16 other authors who were similar. Mm -hmm. And I would go through every single one of them as a reader, trying to figure out which one of these I could then go and read more for. And so what I did was I'm like, well, if that's how I'm doing it as a reader, there's a really good chance that's who I need to target potentially as a marketing person. So I engaged a technologist person and I said, hey, I want you to go and scrape this page and we're going to go use the Amazon APIs, which are available, and we're going to create this report that will not only tell me for whichever author I target, it's going to list the 16 authors, it's going to list uh, the also bought authors, it's going to list whether or not I'm on their also bought list, it'll list how many books they have out, what area or how popular are they. Because some of my, for example, on my own, some of the authors have maybe seven books out, but all of them are above 100,000 in in, In as their ranking. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Some of them, however, for instance, I think Kel Cade, I had never heard of the gentleman, but when I'm looking at it, my report quickly shows me that he had two books in the top thousand and I'm like, well, two books I might not have been interested, but when they were in the top thousand, that was someone I needed to go figure out who was this. So it allowed me to quickly and instantly ascertain what was going on. It allows me to, to expand the books. So, for instance, it gives you a quick overview. You This many books within the top thousand, this many books between 1,000 and 5,000, 5 and 10, 10 and 25, 25 and 50, 50 to 100, and over 100. Or... It allows you to click a button, and it'll show you every single one of their books. It'll show you the front cover. It'll show you their exact ranking, and it allows you to just really delve into this. And it's a it's a huge time saver. So I shared some of those with you, mm-hmm. and I, you know I've reached out before to any authors going, if you care to do this, I can give you a link. I can let you do these research your own. And, you know, let's figure this out. Let's figure out how to make this work so that we can all market more effectively. It is. It's super interesting stuff. It's not glitzy. It, it's not It's not a great glitzy user interface, but there's a lot of really useful information in there. If people are interested in learning more about this, and I don't even know whether it has a name yet, but the, what, what should they do? <laughs> um, they can either reach me at mike at com. reach you, Um I'm more than willing to, you know, put a link or whatever. But what can happen is I can create a. Uh, and you're right. There's no glitzy interface. Um, the web page that we end up giving a person, you paste in their author URL. So you go to Amazon, you find their author page, you copy the link and paste it, and you put down the email where you want the link once the report is generated. Because it takes anywhere from five to fifteen minutes for the computer to go back and actually generate this report for you, and then. Um, you know, we'll make it happen. However, we need to make it happen. All right, I will. I'll put a link to your email address in there. And if you're just out there driving around um, and you, you can't remember any of this, send me an email, and I'll make sure that that Michael gets it. Gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today, and I've learned a lot. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure to be absolutely. Here well, let's do it again sometime. I, I can't wait to hear how the uh, the short story thing works out for you because that's yet another <laughs> clever idea that uh, that you've got. Other people are doing it, but other people aren't writing a book a month and throwing short stories in between. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think Stephen, you promised me the final edited version tonight. Yep. So <laughs> I love the way you guys. It'll work. be out tomorrow. <laughs> 
All right, thanks, guys. All right, have a good one.